You're listening to WCT.FM, talk radio like no other. God, I love the station. And good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. You are listening to The Supernatural Realm on WCET.FM. Also on 101.7 Columbia Talk in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, It's 101.7 FM. You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TalkStream Live, and the Paranormal Radio app. And uh, pretty much everywhere that you can download a podcast on podcast apps or podcast app. Chip, are you there with me? we got a great guest tonight, my friend. Awesome yes, guest. we sure do. Yeah. Hey, if it's any consolation, I'm pretty much everywhere, too. You know, <laughs> podcast or not, I'm just all over yeah, the place. Yeah, you're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> just type your name, and then, you know, you're pretty much That's there. Right. So. Yeah, I don't give credit where credit is due. You know, my Red Bull is with me today, so that's a good thing. I got my Speaking monster, of good so. things, oh, you got your monster. See, <laughs> we are caffeinated today and ready to go. Ready to rock. And uh, like you said, brother, a phenomenal guest. Um, and this is going to be really cool. It's like all of my favorite stuff, you know. She was on, well, our favorite stuff, really. She was on our, our favorite TV show, uh, Paranormal 911. Um, she's uh, worked as a paramedic. You know, she's been both a paranormalist and a medium. So all of our favorite things all in one place right here. So even for somebody like me that's all over the place, I can stay right here. Yeah, it's very cool. Anyway, our guest today, our honored guest, her name is Stacy Hilton. Um, She was a paramedic for almost 20 years. So that makes her a lot braver than me, you know. Uh, and then uh, opened Indigo Spiritual Center in beautiful Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, started working as a full-time medium in 2009 after a long and very frightening journey with some unwanted spirits. Uh, those spirits were the catalyst for change that brought her to her current path of mediumship. She's been really a medium her entire life, uh, but wasn't willing to embrace that part of herself until uh, around 2005 during Hurricane Katrina, God bless her, when, uh, quote, all hell broke loose, unquote. Um, She founded a paranormal group called Louisiana Ghost Investigations in 2002, but turned that group over to some others in 2009 after experiencing some frightening events. Since then, uh, it's much more grounded, Grounded is a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, more of a, a full understanding of how the spirit world works. Uh, so her fear has diminished, thankfully. Uh, today, she chooses to use her gifts to bring peace and understanding to others. You know how we love that <laughs> and to help them with their own personal frightening experiences. Uh, she's originally from Biloxi, Mississippi. And uh, resided in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for 
uh, a long time. I, I will say that. I'm not going to say how long because it gives you an idea. <laughs> give give right. gives their age away if you do that. Yeah, I've, I've been married long enough to know you never do that. <laughs> you know, my wife, she's, you know, 20 something, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even if something is a decade here and there. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, but Stacy Hilton, our honored guest, and I'm going to uh, hand the honor of introducing her officially to you. To me? Yes, the great okay. Tim Roxburgh. I'll have to get her bio up here then, since, since you... Uh, no, I read the bio, but you can just say, you can introduce her as, say, hi, Stacy Hilton. How yeah. are you? Hi, Stacey. <laughs> uh, great to have you. Hi, glad to be here. Kind of got sidetracked there because I was, I was as as Chip was talking, I was thinking about my experiences with the fire department and and the emotion that comes with it, you know, with spirit and and with the energy of working the scene. It can be overwhelming at times, and that's, that's right. one of the reasons why I got out of it when I did because it just became too much. I agree. To handle. I did the same thing. Same thing. So I fully understand that. Yes. So, uh, if you if you could, can you give the listeners a little bit of background of of your abilities and how everything began for you? Sure. So, you know, as a child, I I'm going way back. That's when it began. <laughs> so, as a child, um, I I was that little child running into my parents' bedroom saying, "There's something in my bedroom," and you know, they would get up and say, it's all clear and everything's fine. And they'd go back to bed and I would lay there and still see everything I was seeing. And so that went on. Well, that's always gone on. <laughs> it's never stopped. Um, and so as the years passed, you know, I had a father that was in the military, so we traveled a good bit. And, you know, in fact, it was about 10 years ago, I asked my mom, why is it every house we lived in was haunted? And she, <laughs> she said, it wasn't the house, it was you. So... And that's true, because it's still happening. So, um, you know, as I got a little older, I I didn't see spirits as much. I felt them around me. But the challenge for me has always been feeling their feelings. And I'm not not referring to the ones who have passed and crossed over in the other heavenly realms um, that are, you know, peace. I'm talking about the ones that, that are not at peace. So... You know, we have free will on this planet, which is the primary law. And so if if a soul leaves the body at the time of physical death, it does not have to cross over. And so they can linger. I call them wanderers, hitchhikers, earthbound spirits. And those are the ones that have kind of wreaked havoc in my life. So I fought this. I ran away from it. And um, it was around Hurricane Katrina in 2005 that... It's, it, it literally felt like all hell broke loose. And I think it did, and, and a large part of it had to do with the death, all of the death I was dealing with. I mean, it was, you know, overwhelming death. And so being in New Orleans at that time, I was back and forth from Baton Rouge and having to put bodies in body bags and then tag them. And every time I did it, it's it, it felt like, it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then one day I'm driving down the road and I look over and I had, we would alternate calls in Baton Rouge. We would run two paramedics on a truck. And so, it would be, you know, me running a call one and driving the next call. And 
I remember driving and looking through, I was driving code three with lights and sirens and I went to clear an intersection and because it was a red light. And when I looked to my right, I saw an apparition hmm. in the seat and I immediately knew it was my patient in the back, the patient's spouse. So deceased spouse, obviously. And so I just kind of paused and I mean, what do you say? Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so um, and it just unfolded from there. And so I, I went through a, let me just keep talking. Cause I'll tell you the whole story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool? Okay. So, um, when it went, when, after that, I started having some really intense experiences, um, things like feeling like I was being pulled out of my bed at night. It's as crazy as it sounds. It felt like I would be pulled to the ceiling and dropped in my bed, but not, I don't think it was the physical part. I must've been astral traveling or something, mm -hmm. or it was my etheric body, but it was terrifying. And I would have things moved in my home. I had something thrown off of a refrigerator, not fall off of a refrigerator, thrown off of a refrigerator off at me. And I thought, you know, at that time, I thought everything was just bad. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know what I mean? I think it, like I said, um, I've said many times, I think a large part of what I was going through was training. It's like, how would I be able to help people today if I hadn't walked the walk and know mm -hmm. what every level of entity feels like. And so I have dealt with different entities. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff on this. Yeah. And so, you know, but eventually over time, what, what happened with me is it unfolded. And I'll be perfectly honest, I was at my wit's end one night. I was extremely suicidal. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do with all the feelings I was feeling because I didn't know at the time how to separate what was mine as opposed to spirit. And so I was really sad. And, you know, everybody would say, pray, pray, pray. <laughs> and I was doing that constantly, but I didn't realize, and it's not taught, I don't think, that... If you're praying from a fearful state, your vibration's not where it should be. So you're still susceptible to this other, you know, these lower level entities or these lower vibrational entities. And so at this particular night, I, I hadn't slept. I was at my wit's end and I was on the floor. Actually, I was sitting in bed. This is how it started. Sitting in bed reading and my lamp was on. I was sitting up and I started seeing my cover, my comforter being pulled off of me at a pretty slow rate, but it was enough to see it. And I could feel it, of course. And I just lost it. Mm -hmm. I, um, I just, I, I had <clears throat> a breakdown. I was on my knees at that point begging for help. And basically what I said is I'm surrendering to all of this and whatever it's supposed to look like is okay. I just need peace in the process. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I felt this, peace come over me it's almost like it moved into my room and surrounded me and I just laid on the floor crying and kept just saying I just kept saying thank you thank you thank you because I was I had not felt that type of peace in years mm -hmm. and so then I fell asleep on the floor which was quite odd because I'm I'm a high maintenance sleeper especially now you know <laughs> since all that happened mm -hmm. I always sleep with my head covered and I fell asleep on the floor and I woke up the next morning and I just knew everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And so it started shifting from there. And I basically, you know, started meditating. That's the big thing. I met my spirit guides. They taught, they taught me everything. So 
they um, have trained me, so to say. Mm -hmm. And I feel supported. So now my whole perspective about it has changed. I look at it like, you know, if something is happening that doesn't feel good, then that's going to tell me one of two things. Number one, I need to raise my own vibration because it makes me immune from that stuff. And the other is that there's got to be, I, I feel so protected that if it's happening and they're allowing it to happen, meaning my own divine, divine protectors, then they're trying to let me learn something. There's a, there's a lesson in it or, you know, they're trying to teach me something through the experience. Mm -hmm. So I don't live in, in that deep fear anymore at all. Right. I, I remember, you know, going through a period of time where I was suffering from PTSD. You know, I would, I would, you know, be depressed and upset and crying and stuff like that for, you know, for, for being on, you know, some pretty sensitive calls. And I didn't, that, this was before I knew I was an empath and, and feeling all those emotions. I didn't know why I was feeling those, all, all those emotions. And it was, right. it was a very difficult time for me, you know, until I started involving myself with the paranormal and learning about empaths and how, how to, how to handle your abilities and separate the emotions of others and, yeah. and, and according to, you know, in your own and realizing that they're not your own. And how to, you know, disperse those feelings and get rid of those. You know it's what? Very I, difficult. It is, and and you know, I've I've taught empath workshops before, and the thing that I always tell people is, this is I've had to learn everything myself. I don't even consider it teaching. I consider it sharing my own journey, because every single thing that I quote unquote taught in a workshop or class has been something I've walked. It's almost like I have to experience it to be able to really relay the message. And so one of the things that I, I share with others when it comes to being empathic is if I have a feeling that comes up and it comes up out of nowhere, you know, meaning I can be driving down the road, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden I feel sad or I mm -hmm. feel overwhelmed or anxious. I always ask myself a simple question and that's did, did something just happen that made me feel this way? And if the answer is no, it's not my stuff, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and then I keep it really generic. So instead of going deep into the story in my head about why I feel that way, because, you know, we can all come up with stories. But I, I don't go into the story. I keep it very generic and I just say, you know what, right now it doesn't feel good and I don't go into the story. I tell people that all the time. The difference between pain and suffering is pain is something we're meant to experience. We learn through love, loss, sorrow, pain, and despair. We're not meant to learn necessarily through suffering. We create it. So when we think a thought, you know, our feelings follow our thoughts, which is what creates our vibration, which is, you know, what we're putting out there. And through law of attraction, we're going to pull back into us what we're at the level of what we're vibrating at. And But if, if we feel a feeling that feels uncomfortable, the key is to go into the, like, let the feeling surface and it lasts about 30 seconds and stay out of your head. And, and that helps Helps, has helped me drastically when it comes to being so empathic is I don't go into my own story because most of the time it's not even my own feeling. No. So, you know, but yeah, that it is definitely a challenging path on all levels. Sure is. Even, yeah. even, even, you know, going to like high profile buildings that with a lot of death and stuff, you know, when you're investigating, a lot of times it takes days, sometimes weeks to get rid of that stuff. You know, realizing that those emotions aren't yours, those were you know, emotions of, of the patients that were in that building at the time. You know? That's very true. And the suicides were always the ones that were challenging for me 
um, because you know, I could walk into wherever it was, over, I call it over the threshold, into a building or home or behind a building and, where a suicide had occurred, and I could always feel why the person took their life. So if it was, um, you know, depression or they're wanted by the police or there, there was a relationship issue or gambling issue, I could always pinpoint it. And But even being able to do that, when I would leave, I would I couldn't shake the feeling. And you know, I think now I can't I have not perfected this by any means, so I'm not an expert on it by any means. I'm still living it. But I do know that the tools that I've learned with it are valuable and that's that's you know, being living in that for so many years and not being able to shake the feeling was something that affected every part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so now I just try and keep it simple. That's I know that whenever I feel really I'm in a low vibration, I don't I don't try and just shift out of it and fake it till I make it. I try and just feel my way through it without the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that career was it was it was tough. This one's even tougher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chip, you got something to add to that? Um, yeah. Um, I I wanted to ask because you you made a couple of very good points. Uh, you know, the difference between pain and suffering was one, but. Uh, while grappling with separating these lower vibrational feelings, if you will, uh, uh, from your feelings and those of the spirits around you, uh, because we have some folks that uh, will kind of take and run with, you know, uh, getting uh, some sort of bad feeling from uh, the spiritual side and consider it an attachment of some kind. Sure. When it, it, you know, and and it doesn't always have to be, but there is kind of an art to separating those negative feelings uh, from your own. So if there is any kind of advice from the things that you've learned over the years on, on yeah. how to separate those feelings and, and not personalize them or demonize them or uh, take your personal power uh, out of the equation and assign them to the unseen. Absolutely. That is a good very, question. very good question. Um, so this is how I try and explain it whenever I'm maybe talking to a client or in a class. And I always explain it this way. I try and explain it in a way that everybody can understand. Mm-hmm. So imagine that whatever you want to call it, heaven, the other side, I call it the other side. It's so expansive, but, or, or I call it the upper world. So all of these divine entities, spirits, energies, angels, however you want to define it, our helpers, our deceased loved ones, they, they reside in the upper world. And then we're in the middle world. And then you have these other lower vibrational entities and energies in the lower world. And so everybody's clear on vibration. What I mean by that is a high, high, high vibration is love, gratitude, joy, the lowest vibration is hate. And by law of attraction, so again, I'm going to say that just so everybody's clear on the vibration part. When mm-hmm. we think thought, our feelings automatically follow the thought. And the feelings are what sets the vibration. And we have universal laws here. And one of them is the law of attraction. And so basically what that means is we're like magnets. Any, So if we're in a hateful vibration, which I'm never in. I can't even imagine what somebody's life's like in that. If you're in a hateful vibration. You're not just show. You're not 
projecting hate out, you're going to receive whatever vibrates at the level of hate. And it is a universal law. You can't escape it. So, so that's what vibration means for those that, that don't fully understand that. So here's how I look at that upper world, middle world, and lower world. So the heaven is not, this is how I explain it. So just hang with me. Heaven sure. is not up there, so to say. Heaven's right here. It's just a different realm. It's a higher vibrational realm. The reason we can't always see those in that realm is because they vibrate at such a high level that it's like so high because they're so loving and so joyous that we can't see them. And so how, so if that's true, then anything that's at the lower realm, right, the lower world, how do we make ourselves immune from that? We vibrate at a higher level. Does that make sense? So, mm -hmm. so when we when we have something like on an empathic level, if we're feeling someone's a spirit or not just a spirit, that applies to humans too. If you're feeling another being in the room with a human being who is really negative all the time, you're going to feel the effects of their negativity. Mm -hmm. And so, whether it's a spirit or whether it's a human being, the way you become immune from the lower vibrations and and feeling their lower feelings is to raise your own. Mm -hmm. And so. So that's the key with, uh, that's what I generally do is I always ask myself that question. Did something just happen that caused me to feel this way? If, if I'm feeling sad or upset or anxious, and if the answer is no, that is like an easy reminder to me that, you know what I need to do? Raise my vibration. The way you raise your vibration is, because um, everything's about, about vibration here. Everything's energy and vibration. If we knew how to manipulate that for our benefit, ma manipulating it, meaning um, raise your own vibration to make you immune from other things, then why not? Because, <laughs> because it's a good thing. So anytime I need to raise mine, I do things like spending time in nature. I listen to up, upbeat or high vibrational music. Mm -hmm. um, I spend a lot of time in sunlight. I'll go sit next to a tree. I'll do something good for someone. That's one of the quickest ways to raise it. Yeah. Do good things for people. Always showing love and respect and compassion and kindness to people. No judgment because you know how much energy it takes to judge? I don't know. <laughs> Heck of a lot. Right. right. Yep. I don't have energy to judge. I read, and, and plus, we're all so connected in this collective consciousness that when somebody's sending hate out, they're affecting every single one of us. Mm -hmm. So why not live in a loving space where you can affect everybody as well and kind of transmute that lower energy? So to answer your question, I hope I answered that. No, way, it's a phenomenal answer. Yeah. The way to do that is to to raise your own vibration and keep it generic. That's what I do. Keep it generic that I don't go into the story in my head. I just say, oh, I don't feel so, so great. And I do something to uplift myself. Because everything's temporary. It's all temporary. No, no, excellent advice. Um, and and because we, we often see, I mean, so often, you know, if people's lives aren't going as well as they'd like, you know, for an extended period of time, especially, you know, they're quick to account something, again, unseen and negative that they give their personal power to. An attachment, a demon, you know, a negative spirit has taken over my, my life sucks because of this invisible thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I do the opposite. <laughs> if if uh, I try to keep that high vibration, but if I can't, uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll take my personal power by proxy to my guides. You were talking about guides 
and uh, believing that my guides are powerful enough to prevent any of this stuff from touching me. And because it's my belief system and my intent, it makes it twice as powerful. Uh, quick question before I turn it back over to Tim, uh, based on something else that you said. Uh, when when life was really, and all this heaviness was around you to such an extent, you called out for something calming, and that calming presence came. Um, do you have any personal theory or speculation uh, on if that was uh, um, a guardian angel, an angel, uh, a, a, a spirit of a family member that was watching over you? Uh, any speculation on what that calming presence may have been? Sure. Um, yeah, I want to say something after I answer that question about the lower world, because you just made a really good point to clarify what that actually is. Who's there, right? Who's in the lower world? Right. And people have so much fear. But to answer that question of what was it I felt, I felt um, light. I saw light. I felt a high vibrational being. You know, I believe in angels. I definitely believe in angels, but I don't define them the way that most people do mm -hmm. because okay. angels are definitely our helpers. We all, so I do call them angels. In fact, I love angels. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're Big part of my process too. Yeah. And so the primary work they do here is protection and, you know, they protect. And so if you want to be real about it, they're, however you want to call it. Um, some people call them aliens, extraterrestrials. I don't call, call them that. I think it's almost disrespectful that when you use the term about somebody that, you know, is not from earth, angels are not from earth. They're, they're from a higher dimension and the higher, we all kind of move in tandem. So the higher dimensions, that's why we have so much help, especially right now from our cosmic allies and from, um, the higher dimensions because we need to move up our, our, our planets kind of behind the times right now. So we have a lot of help. So was it an angel? That was my feeling if I had to define it that way, but it was so much more than that. It was, okay. uh, I'd say a group, I, you know, I felt surrounded. I call, um, some of them, the elders and oh. the elders okay. are the ones that like when I'm say I'm doing a group somewhere, a reading somewhere, they'll stand guard around a building. They're never facing inward. They're facing outward. Mm. It's almost like gridding the place for me. So, but I felt guides. I was, I just felt surrounded. It was beautiful. Mm. And we, we do have many levels of, of helpers. In fact, mother Mary, and I'm not, I wasn't even raised Catholic. I'm not tied into religion. I'm tied into, to being a seeker and, you know, um, Religion's too fear-based for me. Right. I'm not I'm not trying to knock it for other people, but it's way too fear-based fear for me. Mm -hmm. It served totally. its purpose earlier in life, but I'm, I just kind of feel like I've outgrown it. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about from my personal path. Mm -hmm. But we do have a lot of divine helpers. Mother Mary is one that is a great teacher for me. She's I don't consider her, and Jesus isn't even Jesus. Jesus' name is Jeshua. That's what I call him. Jesus, Joshua, Kuan Yin, Buddha, Serapis Bay, Saint Germain, all of the that group of ascended teachers, they are my greatest teachers, and they do not teach me in a religious way. What they teach is love, compassion, kindness, caring, non-judgment. If you live like that, you can't fail. Right. So, um, yeah, I think I was surrounded by all of them. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. So but I wanted to say something about the lower world, because you made a good point about... Um, 
when people have fear with this and what what is what are they actually fearing they're fearing things that they're labeling demons mm. or lower level entities and part of that is taught right mm-hmm. they learned that somewhere that's part of their structured belief system my mm. question who taught you that? And you, you need to question anybody teaching you fear-based stuff. I wouldn't say it that way, but you know what I mean. So somebody's teaching fear-based information, I, it doesn't resonate with me. So when it comes to something like a demon or a lower-level entity, um, that can be an earthbound spirit. That can be something that's not from this planet, which quite often it is, because mm-hmm. they feel demonic to people because they don't function the way we do so when you have something that's from another dimension or another planet there's different levels there as well so what if you had a what if you had a parasitic something that just needed to feed (laughs) right (laughs) yeah Yeah. sure but but here's here's how to keep it simple because we don't need we don't even really need to link our energy into understanding all of that stuff because the more you put your energy, where your thoughts go, your energy flows, right? Mm-hmm. So where you link your energy, if you're thinking about, if, if, if somebody's having something happen to them that feels negative or feels demonic or feels evil, then the more they think about it and the more they talk about it, the more they're linking their energy to it, right. which is keeping their vibration in, at a lower level. So here's mm-hmm. how you define that. You don't. You don't define it. You do stuff to keep yourself away from it. And so, but but look, the majority of stuff that's in that lower world, you know what it is? People's thought forms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you think of thought. Yeah, well, you mentioned collective consciousness, collective belief, and in bad things that has lingered in this planet for thousands of years, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, we're creating all of it. All of it, We yeah. created all of it. You know, I have a feeling that, if we all didn't put so much energy into feeling cancer, it may not be killing all the people it's killing. What if we put that much fear into asthma? Mm. Because collectively we're creating this, right? And I'm not and I'm not saying that I'm not saying please, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're all creating or causing someone to have cancer. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about the energy part of it. Mm-hmm. The energy part of it with how we've created it over time. Is, is the more we, my point is, the more we fear, the more fear-based things we're creating here. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the, way to, the way to maneuver through life and, and manifest positive things is to think positive thoughts, which creates that positive energy, and to mm-hmm. stay focused on the upper world, not the lower world. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time when they have children that are having spiritual experiences or experiences, you know, where they're ghosts or monsters or whatever they want to call it. I said, I always tell them, take a spray bottle, put some salt water in it, give that child that spray bottle and tell them every single time you spray this bottle, whatever this is that you're fearing goes away. Mm-hmm. And the thing too is, who cares if it goes away because it's the, you're... Well, it, it modifies the belief and it, and it creates a new intent, you know. I, I mean, if you believe in fearful things, you would rather be right about what you believe in than non-fearful, right? So you're replacing a fearful belief with a solution. Right, and you're you're giving them their power, Mm -hmm. and it makes them feel like they have, you know, because most of the time when you do that, whatever your belief is, is what's going to happen anyway. So if you believe it's leaving, it will move away from you. But 
really for kids, because that's a question I get all the time from people, that parents that are having, you know, children that are having experiences, and it's it's give them their power, teach them how to own their power, and validate what they're saying. Don't tell them it's not there. If you don't believe it's not there, then don't say anything. Just let them talk, because, uh, you know, it wasn't like that in my life. I wish I wished I had my parents didn't admit to me until 2016 after the big flood happened here, they ended up living with me and they told me, my dad made a comment about all of the stuff that we saw when I was a child. And I said, we saw, and he, he, I said, dad, so all the times you said there's nothing there. There was. <laughs> there was yeah. Wow. Really? No. And he said, Oh yeah, we had all, we knew all that stuff going on. So my point is validate the kids, let them, mm. Talk openly. I think yeah. I think sounds like when, Timmy's stories of growing up. Yeah, I think <laughs> as 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 childs are young and they have these abilities, and, and their parents start taking them to church, and when they you know become older, like ten years old or eleven years old, take them in the church every Sunday to Sunday school, and then adult church, you know, in the afternoon. I think they're actually doing them a disservice by feeding them. Bible stuff when when they have these abilities because because when they they become focused on Christianity and the Bible they they tend to push their abilities aside because they become fearful of them and they don't understand them so they focus more on the Bible part of it. That's what that's what happened to me and you know I you know I live in South Louisiana mm -hmm. we are the lowest vibration in the whole country so. It's at, out of everywhere. It is. It's it's a low vibration here, and there are a lot of people who are very tied into religion. Mm -hmm. Luckily, you know, over the past probably five years, especially, I've seen a lot of people opening up and and um, growing, and you know, growing beyond their limited beliefs. But there are still a lot that aren't. But you know, I try and be really. When people ask me those questions or, or mention things about the Bible or religion, I don't. You know, I don't always give my opinion. No, I do give my opinion, but I give it this way, which is what I kind of touched on earlier. If, if anyone is teaching you something in a fear-based way, you should question it. And that includes me. So if I'm teaching, right, that includes me. If right. I'm saying thing that you use your internal lie detector, and if there's something I say that doesn't resonate in some way, question it. Question it, question it, question it. And, and take what you need and leave the rest at the door. Because some sometimes there's things that serve us in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not. But when it comes to the fear-based stuff and or the Leviticus, um, you know, quotes the people that have quoted those things about mediumship, I, I've done my own, not only my own research, but I've asked my spirit guides just about every question you could think of to ask mm -hmm. about how this world works, what everything is, what is hell? What, why are some people gay? Why are, why are some people black? Why are some people white? Why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. What happens when we die? Why do we come here? I, you know, I ask all of those things. And, and I've asked that question, too, about the mediumship part. And what I got, the, clearly the answer was that it's, if they brought that up uh, back then when it was written, that tells you it was going on, mm -hmm. number one. Right. But it wasn't about mediumship. It was about black magic. It was a black. It was about doing spell work that was, um, you know, not good. That was that was creating harm. And I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 
my my work is very um it's amazing it's to see somebody walk in my office just to- totally at their wits end in 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 this deep deep grief and then watch them laughing crying crying laughing leaving and you can't tell me that's wrong mm-hmm. you know yeah, they- they don't want you to question. They want you to, to, to have you know blind faith and focus on the Bible. When well, fear is control. Yeah, yeah you're not yeah. supposed to question. Fearful people need to yeah. be led by someone who doesn't have fear. Yeah. yeah, and that you know, and so I don't. You're so you're so right. Fear is definitely control. So I don't I don't ever tell someone what to do. I I try and get them to think. Which, um, like, I'll give my brother-in-law as an example, because I always use him as an example, <laughs> of, of him being very tied into the Baptist religion. And, you know, he, he's very tied into that, which is fine. That's his journey. Right. And what I'll tell him, or, or what I ask him are questions like, so if the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus, how do we get there before Jesus was born? <laughs> Ooh. You know, that, where, what's the answer? <laughs> yeah. And most of the time, there's not one. Um, and sometimes people can come up with an answer, but but th- the fact is, we don't have to have that to get to heaven. You know what I mean? We we go right back where where we came from every single time, every yeah. time. Hell's not a place. Hell is a state of mind. It exists exactly. on this planet. It is a state of consciousness. And so that's why the suicides I was talking about earlier that have always bothered me so bad. You know why? Because they're in hell here, living here. Yeah, you know. That's what I used to tell my dad. You're going to hell for doing, you know, paranormal investigation <laughs> and bringing ghosts in this house. I said, Dad, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. <laughs> I'm currently in hell. <laughs> you like it too well. That's what I always thought it was, you know, being brought back to another <laughs> lifetime. You know, right. we have to go through this all over again. Yeah. You know? well, yeah. As above, so below. I mean, we we can literally create heaven on earth, and it's created through our own thoughts. It's created through how we process in our own belief system. You know, I'll say something, too. When it comes to belief system, a belief system, that's something that's instilled in us, usually within the first seven years of life. We're taught how how to dress, how to behave, how if you want Skittles in the grocery store and your parents tell you no and you throw a fit, they're going to tell you not to throw a fit in the store when... You're just expressing your emotions. You should be able to express them. So we're kind of dumbed down at an early age. And then you have the school system that Mm -hmm. is teaching you conformity at a very young age. It's all control. And so that belief system stays within us. It's in our chakra system. And it comes out every single damn day, right? Mm -hmm. Every day it's going to come out. So when somebody says anything that, that, you know, if you have a parent that wasn't very present for you emotionally and and there's that feeling of abandonment Mm -hmm. then when you get older and you're in a relationship and that person does something that makes you feel abandoned you actually think it's about that person and it's not it's about the the imprint and the belief system that's being triggered and so how do you you know i have a lot of people have asked well how do we get rid of that old belief system there's an easy way to do it and it's to tell yourself to do something different so the subconscious mind is where all that stuff's stored you know, that stuff that says I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm blah, 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 blah. It's like the, it's the ego. It's running its mm-hmm. mouth constantly. And first tell it to shut up because it's <laughs> not true, any of it. And the other is to reprogram because we are, we're like a computer running, you know, a computer program running in the background. That's how our lives are. And right. so if your belief system is getting in the way, change it. 
And so if it's stuck back there, then what you do is you tell it to do something different. And that's using the words I am are two, I think, the most powerful words we can use. If you say, oh, I'm tired, then your subconscious, right, your feelings follow that. It's like, oh, we're tired today. So all of a sudden you drop your vibration or I'm so upset. And then your feelings, which are kind of benign that way and following the thoughts, they're like, okay, so we're upset. So why not say, I'm happy, I'm joyous, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm supported, I'm free, I'm fearless, not I'm not full of fear, I'm fearless, you know, positive word. I thought all this crap, I thought all this stuff was crap years ago when I learned about the, the power behind reprogramming the mind. And just because I was in a really deep, on like depressed state, I decided to give it a try. Mm-hmm. I, I walked around for about two weeks in miserable saying, I've lost my joy, I've lost my joy, I've lost my joy. I remember some friends going, where'd she go? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't find her. So I started doing those I am statements. In the morning, I get up five minutes. That's it. Before I even get out of bed. I'm powerful. I'm confident. I'm loving. I'm kind and supported. I'm free. I'm joyous. I'm so happy. And I spent five minutes and the whole time I'm saying all of that, you know, I'd say it and then I'd get up and go, that was just dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? because it's so easy. And so we don't tend to want to do things when they're that easy. You know, the next day I got up, so I did it that night and, I, and you know, I went through the motions because when you're telling yourself that you don't even have to believe it for mm-hmm. it to shift your, your programming. And I got up the next morning and I was so happy and I thought, hmm, what happened? Thinking that I need to go, I'm, I'm waiting to go back into my default, right? Mm-hmm. My default's that underlying uh, feeling. And I, I realized that I'd become so accustomed to feeling that way. I just, I thought it was a natural feeling and I would automatically go back into that. But I didn't. So I kept doing those practices and I'm telling you, I knew how to do that years before. And the only reason I didn't do it is because I thought it was too simple. I thought because it was so simple, it wouldn't work. And I started noticing how powerful it was that when I would just tell myself something. And look, now I know they've done studies on it. It takes like 21 days of doing that. And you can reprogram. I did it in two. We have a friend, Rocky Crogfoss, up in Canada. And we did a, a show with him, Chip and I. And he told us both to say, I'm awesome. I'm great. Tell ourselves yeah. that every day. Right. And and so you, you're really reprogramming all of that stuff sitting in the background. It mm-hmm. really works. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to believe it. And you're you're affecting your whole the whole program. And it's a powerful um it's a powerful technique. And the other one is the one that I said, you know, not to go into the story of why you're feeling something because we don't do it when we're happy, do we? Why do we only go into the story when we're not feeling great? I mean, and we stay in it. It's kind of weird how that works because, you know, if there's something great that happens, why don't we keep replaying that part, you know? But it all has to do with programming. It's it's like living in a hologram. It has a program. We're all programming it together collectively. So when we all, you know, if you have the majority of people fearing the same thing, then you're creating that event as being a fearful event. That's why I don't label things bad. I see something that happens with a friend of mine, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that experience was so terrible. Then if I ever experienced the same experience, I'm going to experience it at the level of terrible because I've already labeled it. And, you know, it's like, why not not define things? But we collectively, we program this whole system 
together and then we do it individually as well or our parents do and they've handed down this belief system it's been handed down for thousands of years and now it's outdated mm-hmm. <laughs> it's outdated and so it's it's time to change it and the way we change it is within ourselves that's mm-hmm. where it starts you know everybody has a not everybody by any means but a lot of people want to know how do i change the world you change your own vibration you affect the whole world truly believe that. <laughs> Chip A, you're up, buddy. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, that's very well said. I, I wanted to go back on, on this really cool thing I learned once from from uh, a, a former witch, you know. Uh, it was it's, it's hard to find good uh, witches that will uh, interview on radio because it it's like a code. It's like asking a magician to give away secrets. Uh, you know, they say, how, how did you make that rabbit disappear? You know, it, you're not supposed to talk about it, you know? So I found a former one. Uh, but along the lines of what you're talking about, even with the, the subconscious programming and the I am being so powerful uh, as far as words and the impact of fear and negativity, on our state of mind and everything else. The most fascinating thing I ever learned was that what made witches so scary in the first place, as opposed to uh, really back then there were sorcerers who could use instruments, wands, if you will, or props, you know, to, to do their magic, if you will. But witches, all they had to do was to combine uh, their belief and their intent to impede upon the free will of another, okay? Then there's laws of karma that come with that. Because if you detract from the free will of someone else, it comes back threefold upon you, you know? But the combination of their personal belief and intent made them more dangerous than any alchemist, more dangerous than any sorcerer, more dangerous than any warlock. Because it was a woman, first and foremost, and they were scary enough to most men, you know. Uh, but but it's that combination of of belief and intent. Uh, you were talking about uh, if we could look at cancer uh, in kind of you know if it if it's cast upon us, you know, if it becomes our burden, you know, we we're a little bit down on uh, the medical system outside of uh, trauma. Okay, what's just your department anyway? Yes. yes. But I mean, because the, or the mental health system, because there's labeling yes. involved, you know, um, and, and the labeling has changed and the medicines have changed. The medicines they give you now, they have side effects that are worse than anything they're treating for it. But if they give you a label, it becomes your self-fulfilling prophecy now, you know. Okay, I'm not just Chip anymore. I'm Chip the diabetic or uh, Chip the bipolar guy or, you know, whatever. Um, And, uh, again, people to their core would rather be right uh, than comfortable. (laughs) You know, it's just inherent in us as human beings. You know, that's how we learn. If I look at my arm and I see I've got torn skin and I'm bleeding, it's got to hurt because I've learned. But if, if I didn't notice it and then I do notice and all of a sudden I see it and see torn skin and blood and go, ouch. Yeah. I, I didn't feel pain before I noticed it. Right. You know, you would think that I would say, well, I didn't feel pain first. 
we're finding people in this day and age that can heal themselves from um, uh, stage four cancers or, or paralysis. I mean, I mean, incredible, uh, you know, surmounting odds in order to be self-healing. And a lot of that is removing fear from the process That's or using right. those, uh, the, the I am type of thing uh, that you were talking about. I, I just think it's really excellent advice, you know. I, I'm a hypnotherapist, so I know the subconscious mind. Uh, but, yeah, the, I mean, there there's an entire side of life that is love-based, and it's yes. the higher vibrations that, that you're uh, talking about now, that you've used all of your uh, painful experiences, uh, surmounted those so you can, you know, uh, part this wisdom on to others and just uh, really enjoyable to, to, to hear you, <laughs> Thank uh, you. say you know, that. Intent is everything. You're, you're absolutely right about that. When it comes to anything we do, it brings up um, something that reminded me of something that happened to me years ago when I was meditating. And I don't think I just meditate. I do sometimes, but I just start journeying. I'm a, I'm a realm traveler. <laughs> I meet up with my spirit guides and sit in front of them, like looking at them like they're, you know, right in front of me in my meditation. And I would learn from them and ask them questions. And um, I remember seeing, though, learning from a spirit guide in a meditation one time. And I remember seeing, feeling like I was hovering way, way, way above the earth. And I saw these different sized beams of light coming from earth. Some were really small, some were huge. And, but they were from all over the earth. And I remember asking my spirit guide, what are those beams of light? And she said, prayer. And I said, why are some big and some are so small? And she said, this, you know, when I'm saying she said, they just download in my mind, you know, the way <laughs> I connected it. But it's, um, and she said, the little tiny beams can be some someone sitting in church with like filing their fingernails. Our father who aren't in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay. You know, there's no intent behind it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a routine. And then the big beams can be a thousand people praying for the same cause or one single mom worried about her child mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her saying, can you take care of my child? So that right there explains intent to me, how powerful mm-hmm. we are individually. Mm-hmm. And, and that applies to everything. And, you know, don't know how many people know what happens after we pass after we physically die, when the soul crosses over, you know, I was taught you go before God and you're judged for your wrongdoing. Exactly. That doesn't happen. That's no. easy. Who cares if you're judged? <laughs> you know, what we do is we go through a life review process. Anyone that you have a soul contract with, like parents, anyone, anyone that was significant in your life, you're going to review that relationship. And guess what? You get to feel what you caused. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you hurt someone, remember intent, intent, intent. It's all about intent because what if you said something to someone or did something and you didn't do it with intent to harm and they got hurt, more than likely that's their stuff, right? That's right. their old I mean, that's their old belief system that caused that pain. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about intent. You're gonna review the whole life, the you know, the whole relationship, but you really get to feel those feelings when you've done something with intent to harm. Mm-hmm. And so that's um, a murderer. A murderer doesn't just cross over and, you know, because remember, hell's not a place. So what happens? Right. To a well, murderers yeah. do a life review, and not only do they get to feel their victim's pain and suffering, they get to feel the pain and grief 
of everybody grieving their victim. It's, it's not even a process that's being done to us. Cause when you think about, you know, Oh my gosh, that's a scary thought of having to go through a life review and feel what I caused. Well, if you know that, then your intent will probably be probably become a little more pure. <laughs> yeah, right. So that. And the other thing is it's, it's not being done to us. It's being done for us because what better way to learn than to feel what you thought. Right. Right. And, and you were talking about uh, judgment, you know, uh, and and I I learned uh, along the lines of the same thing dealing with uh, the spirits of murderers. You know, I I went to high school with some folks, you know, that uh, grew up eventually and ended up killing somebody. Right. And, and the the living will generally regard that one act, you know, right. as their legacy forever. You know, but they were more than that one act. I. I did, um, in, in that they did a lot of good things when they were younger, you know, That's they might have done a lot of good things uh, even afterward, you know, and, and uh, there repented. is a way to balance that. There's a way to balance that or bring that back into balance. You know, we we are in a karmic wheel here. The, the goal is to get out of it. And there is actually a way to get out of the, kar the karmic wheel. But, you know, if you have something happen um, with an individual, because you always want to stay in balance, right? You want to mm -hmm. make sure things are resolved. And if you have something happen with, with someone and you're not able to resolve it for whatever reason, the person can go to jail or the, the person dies and you're left trying to put the pieces back together because they devastated your life and you don't know how to, you know, get out of the karma of it the way you do it. There's only one way, actually, that you can do that. And that's through forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and and for suicide, you were talking about the the question. The real question is, you know, they ultimately have to forgive themselves because exactly they were the ones that took themselves out. You know, exactly. so so it's it's more than you know the question of did they uh, did they cheat God by taking themselves out of the equation before their time was up, or was their time up on that day at that hour? regardless of whether they, by, by their hand, by some illness, by some accident, you know, uh, one time it's your time, but the intent, it goes yeah. back. I also yeah. wanted to say real quick that you also underscore in what you're talking about, all the people that don't understand why if they hear from their lost loved ones, either through a medium or, or on their own for some reason, and they're, they hear that their lost loved ones only want them to be well, you know, uh, to be happy and healthy. And, and they're thinking, well, this guy hated me. <laughs> you know? and he didn't talk to me for 20 years and he wants me to be happy. I don't get that. But because they're reviewing all the pain that they caused uh, to others and they get to wear the shoes of, of the people that they hurt and they affected in that life review, as you said, you know, that that is the ultimate conclusion. That <laughs> is that's where the healing, the true healing takes place is in that life review. And, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to the, I call it a blueprint. So we all have a blueprint. There are different paths on their career, education, family, relationship, health. And there, that's um, something we all create for ourselves before we're born. The things that we pre-plan are birth, mm -hmm. death, um, the color of our skin, sexuality, gender, um, soul contracts that people mm -hmm. incarnate with. We have to do that because 
you're not, it's, you know, I always say it's not like somebody gets pregnant in Texas and there's a group of souls going, hey, somebody's pregnant in Texas who wants her. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't work that way. We pre-plan and choose our parents or the souls that we're going to, we're going to incarnate with based on what our needs are for growth. Mm-hmm. And so then the rest is free will. It's up to us what we do with those souls. It really is. Yeah. So when it comes to exit points, though, so entrance point, that's what they always call it. That's birth. We have multiple exit points. The reason we do is because of free will. So for some people, they may have um, suicide built in as a possibility on their blueprint. Um, Another big one I see all the time, it's very, very common, is um, somebody with addiction that ends up overdosing. So what if they got clean? Well, they can bypass that exit point. Mm -hmm. If they don't, they can actually exit, right? And for suicide, that is something that is preventable but it's also something that that has a timeline so the blueprint has timelines which are the possibilities and probabilities of what can happen here based on our free will mm-hmm. and so but but it doesn't mean that for some there's a possibility of suicide for others there's a high probability of suicide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if that's true then why you yeah. know that's tied into the karmic cycle. There's There are different reasons why. You know, when I first started doing readings for people, suicides were my biggest challenges, but my greatest teachers, and I think they still are. And because the last thing I want to do is sit across from someone and say, your loved one's not quite where they need to be, you know, on a peaceful level. And I don't want to do that. And But I also don't want to condone suicide. So what yeah. do you do? You well, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tender place to walk. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that, but, I would but there are that. some earthbounds that I have counseled in my day uh, because of their actions. And, and sometimes they were put in situations where it was uh, kind of an us or them type of thing, a real, real abusive situation where they would either have to kill the abuser or right. take themselves out. Right. And because they took themselves out and their abuser was throwing scripture at them, you know, and reinforcing that belief that it's their fault that they, they, they chose that, you know? Well, and I see, I see that all the time. It's, it's, I can't count how many days I've had people leave my office and I'm sitting on the floor crying my eyes out about this world Mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the, I just had it last week. In fact, that it was a, young man that took his life because he's gay and his parents rejected him. And it was absolutely devastating to me to feel his feelings. Mm -hmm. And he just wanted to be himself, you know, and that's, that is something you're born with. Right. And so in, in, in the parents then having to come to me to try and get closure with all of this, it's like, why not, why not, why don't we just choose to love instead? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do all that. Right. I, I have a quick question before we go on break. What, what has been your experience with suicides? Uh, have they been positive, negative? Both. A little bit of both? Um, so, with, with, uh, so every single time I connect to someone that took their own life, took his or her life, they, they always regret it because we don't, we don't understand what a great gift this life is until we're not here. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just fact. We don't realize the gift in it. Um, they always regret taking the, the life. And then, it depends. Every suicide's different. So if somebody is upset because their spouse just left them, that's one feeling, right? The other could be somebody that's bipolar, that's doing the best they can. They just don't know how to 
manage through the emotions or like the example I just gave about the guy that's gay and everybody's rejecting him. So every suicide is different and the way they process is different. Uh, yeah. They don't spend your time on the other side, so which is kind of a something that's hard for a human to wrap brain around. So if I had to say, though, in our time, how long it takes for someone that took their life to completely heal, I'd say on average it's about a year, mm-hmm. year to two years. But here's how it can change and become even shorter than that. And it and I I saw this years ago with a lady who I did a reading for her, 21 year old who committed suicide and. And I, when I get towards the end of a reading, I always ask whoever I'm with, do you have any questions for your deceased loved ones? And she asked a question that I have only heard that one time and haven't heard since. And the question was, ask my son what I can do for him. And I thought, how odd, right? Because we think that they're there for us. We, we don't look at it that way. Like we're there for, we can, our, our healing can influence their healing. And he answered it, and and it was sounded a sort of generic. I don't like giving generic messages, but in that case, I loved it. Which was find your joy, and when you when you you know embrace your life, embrace your joy, because that's something that a parent has the toughest time with is laughing after losing a child, because they think they're being disrespectful to their deceased child, right? So finding joy was the one thing he said. Just find your joy, and do you know I saw her about. I have a lot of people that come back. I, I do. I call it the rotating list. She was on my rotating list. So I saw her about six months later. And she was skipping through my parking lot. And I thought, and you know, I, I don't remember readings because I'm channeling. Mm-hmm. But whenever I saw her, I, I knew exactly who she was because that stood out with me. She she ran. She skips in my office, runs up, hugs me. It's so joyful. And I said, my goodness, what? how are you doing? And she said, I was so mad at my son for taking his life. But I thought. If that's the one way I can help him, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And do you yeah. know, this was six months. This is only because it was a couple of months after mm-hmm. I did the first ring. So this isn't even close to a year. Yeah. And guess what? He's in a completely healed state. Yeah. And that was a very loving question asked of the mother because, you know, it, it shows forgiveness, which is about right. the purest part of love. Most common thing from, from my vantage point has been the first is that the pain doesn't dissolve just because they took the living body out of the equation and then it becomes then they have to see the people that survive them and the pain that they're going through that is such a good point because you know how i said i don't like to condone suicide that is a very good point because that was the that was the issue i had in the beginning is that a lot of people think that if you just if your soul leaves your body, if you took your life, then you're, everything goes away. Oh, I'm going into the light. Well, yeah, you are, but you're going to have to heal it. We're pure consciousness. That doesn't go away. And mm-hmm. so that is a very good point because you're right about that. That is ultimately what I am feeling from them in, with a soul that is not in a completely healed state is that they not only do they regret taking their own life, they're now missing out on the physical world, the physical experience, they still have to deal with their emotions and they're going to have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to choose to do it again because most do. So, and, and, and be subjected to some of the same types of feelings or challenges, but that is a very, very good point. And that is the one thing that I wish everybody knew because, you know, my, I have a niece that's 22 years old and deals with a lot of depression. And I have, when I told her that, you know, about the fact that it doesn't go away, you have to deal with your emotions and that it's quite possible you'll come back and do this again. 
Do you know that that's the one thing that keeps her from taking her own life? Wow. Just that night. It's the one yeah, thing. That, that, yeah, that's, a, that's as big as a deterrent as there is. Yeah. As, you know, this afterlife, you know, uh, the pain's not going away. Exactly. So this is not a solution uh, that is viable. And it's also a very, ultimately a very selfish thing to do. And you that's another thing they'll discover. So why not heal it here? <laughs> you know, why not heal it here where you can actually touch and hug those people who, instead of being in the spirit world, view or are feeling the the you know experiencing what their feelings feel like when they're grieving you why not do your healing here it's so much easier and everything's temporary mm-hmm. you know even the ones that think that their lives uh that, that they that they're just enduring nothing but you know horrible feelings it's a, the simplest way it's i'm saying simple but i'm not trying to minimize how they feel is that start shifting the thoughts and those feelings will follow because depression's an ugly beast i've dealt with it my whole life up until about uh right after hurricane katrina yeah that would do it that's when i i got when i embraced this part of me i no longer deal with depression because i just didn't understand it mm-hmm. i thought it was chemical it was all me and it's nice to say it's not all me <laughs> right. I've, I've i've dealt with you know, thoughts of suicide and depression for a lot of years in my life, you know, because I had, you know, my dad was always mean to me and when he was alive and, you know, I, I, I had those thoughts because I thought maybe if I would jump off a bridge or something, it would be much easier. But then I realized I'm going to suffer on the other side. So why be stupid yeah. and do something like that? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the, the, the standard motivations for murder or the same for self-murder. Yeah, you know, sure. comes down to money, revenge, uh, love, sex. Uh, but isn't it powerful to know what happens, like how the whole process works, and and why aren't more people teaching that? Like, why don't they make that a part of religion? Yeah, right? exactly. Why don't they they make that a part of religion where you teach what actually happens in the afterlife? So, and not to cause fear to to spread truth because there's nothing to fear in the afterlife nothing that life review if i would have known that whenever i was a child because i was that child my mom always picked on me i was that child sitting in church at a young age nudging her saying they're teaching this wrong right (laughs) yes and any given religion is based upon somebody who was exceptionally benevolent selfless loving you know uh compassionate and, right. and if you try to follow that example, you know, in a church, you get judged for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to say when I was a teenager, especially, I would go to church and I'm like, there's got to be more, more to it than this. There's right. just, you know, they're, they're not telling me everything I need to know. There's got to be more to yeah. reality and, and, and religion than what they're saying here. Right. The biggest thing knowledge of the afterlife taught me is fear the living, man. They'll mess <laughs> you up. That's what my grandma always said, my mom's mom. She always say, I fear the living, don't fear the dead. You know? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Or, or forget the ghosts, <laughs> beware of me. You yeah. know? <laughs> but it, but it's, it's so true. And, and, and so it would be nice if, if people knew, how about just the mere fact of when you pray from a fearful state, you're still in a low vibration, which is making you susceptible to everything of low vibration. What if you taught that, right? What if they were teaching that and saying, 
yes, you can pray. You can ask for help because we do have to ask for help if, if we need it. I don't usually ask for help. I'm usually more in gratitude. But if mm-hmm. we need it, we can ask for it. And that's, right. That is definitely a natural law. You need to be asking for them to intervene. But, but the, the most significant part about that is doing it from a place of, of, of so I'm sorry, not doing it from a place of fear because they're not teaching the energy part of this planet. Mm-hmm. They're not teaching about the law of vibration. They're not teaching about how the law of attraction actually works and how to maneuver through the, and use the universal laws to benefit your life. Because if we all knew that, that should be the great teaching, right? of cause and effect and karma and but but that was one of the things that kept me feeling like a big victim in this world for years was that i was praying i was praying all the time i was begging and i felt abandoned i felt no help i felt um that i'm just left out here i'm just hanging out here to dry right and the the thing that i had to learn on my own and i'm and don't get me wrong i'm grateful that i learned all of this on my own i had to walk that path mm. Oh, yeah. and I'm actually appreciative of being able to experience it and to be able to learn it. I don't want to learn from a book. I want to learn by walking it. Yeah. And but but learning how the the energy works here and how raising my vibration is what is actually the most important thing I can do. It's the most important thing I can do for myself and for the world in general yeah. is keeping myself in a higher state. And that does not include fear. Fear is a low vibration. Right. Yeah, any, any painful process ultimately leads to wisdom. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. absolutely right. That's like the power to heal ourselves. We've been dumbed down so much mm-hmm. through fluoride in our water, calcifying our <laughs> plan to the toxins and the vaccines and the heavy metals and all of those things that are doing nothing but causing harm that we, everybody out here, everybody on this planet was born with innate psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, but we're just dumbed down. Mm-hmm. And and it's just sad because we our power is taken away from us at a young age. When you start in school, you start to you you begin to conform at a young age, which becomes part of your programming, right? Mm-hmm. The higher ups, elite groups, they know exactly what they're doing. They know who created the schools, <laughs> right? So it starts at an early age and and so we we tend to think that we are powerless individuals and when it comes to healing how many people know that they can heal their own body? Not very many. Not very how many, many people know that Western medicine, common everyday medicine, which is what I was trained in, is actually only for trauma or acute illnesses. When it comes to chronic, they won't heal one single thing. It will only be Eastern medicine. How, how, how many people know that everything you need to heal your body grows on this planet? It was designed that way. Yeah. We, but we don't know it. We're we're living in the program, if you know. The, if people, if they would teach self healing and 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 you know, you know, add hypnotherapy to mental mental health, they would yes. they would there would be no need for medications anymore because yeah. they wouldn't need them. Well, that's the idea. Nobody make money, yeah. you know, and in medicine. So yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. Pharmaceutical either. companies would be out of business if that happened. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's hypnotherapy is powerful. I'm, I'm a shamanic practitioner. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of chronic healers, and I, I, my whole background was in Western medicine, and I have completely pulled away from it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it is great for trauma and acute illnesses, but and I'm, I'm not knocking the doctors and nurses because they're just in the program. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not anybody's fault, you know. It, it's, it's time to just wake up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. 
but um, the healing of the body, yes, that is it. That is something we have the power to do. When we combined all of, combine all of our gifts or all of our, you know, mind, body, spirit, and put intent behind it, you can heal anything. Mm-hmm. Right. I know I do, you know, energy work for people. I do it remotely. I've been working on somebody who lives in New Orleans. She's an hour away from me. And had she's been walking with a cane for six years. And I worked on her twice, and she's walking mm-hmm. without a cane, like no pain. It's just energy cords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a healing intent knows no bounds. Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Very true. And some people yeah. even listen to oral beats to, to yeah. for meditation. And oh, I, yeah, I, you know, for people that say, I don't have time to meditate, to <laughs> put on, you know, listen to some binaural beats, it'll, it'll do the I same thing, it. and you can do all the, you know, <laughs> if you want to multitask and listen to binaural beats, at least you're, you know, you've started the intent. In, that's in, right. That's I like it. those, I like um, solfeggio sounds, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. frequencies, every chakra has a frequency, to, mm-hmm. you know, has a frequency, and so, yeah, that's some powerful stuff. I, you know how I know it works? Because when I don't do it, I don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's how I know it works. Yeah. I've been so focused on my heart chakra, especially in the last three or four years, along with the, the meditation thing, you know, as long as there's love in my heart, nothing can ultimately get me down. That's you know? absolutely right. Love, love is the only thing on this planet that's real. Everything else is illusion we're creating just for the experience of growth. That love is the only thing that's real. And it's the only thing that can transmute other things. Mm-hmm. Any other lower vibrational feelings, it, it can transmute that. That's why I always say love harder and harder. I don't believe in tough love. And I'll tell you why I don't believe in tough love. <laughs> I believe in boundaries. Than that. Yeah. 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 I believe in boundaries. But but tough love, I've met with so many people, have done readings for, for people who've lost, you know, someone that they were, I just did one, it was probably two, three weeks ago. And this lady was devastated because she had told her son, I'm done with you. You know, he overdosed yep. and died and now she's trying to fix it. And of course I didn't say that to her, yeah. you know, she practiced tough love. What I, but, I, but what I like to share as often as I can is that if you want to make a difference in someone's life, then you love them harder, mm-hmm. love harder and harder times. So, you know, my own mother had pain pill addiction. She just died in January and um, it was the last eight years of her life she had it. And it was a tough journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, before that, she was my best friend, my confidant, my biggest supporter. Even in addiction, she was my biggest supporter. Yeah. But what I found that made a difference was, you know, there were times my, my sister would get angry at my mom and, you know, lash out at her. And, of course, you know, we're human. We're going to have those feelings. Yeah. And I would get disappointed. And then, you know, but but what I did with her is I found that when someone was really complaining about my mom and how horrible her addiction was. I spent extra time sitting quietly, sending my mom as much love as I could muster with strong intent, because I knew that if I did that, that, that the others that were linking into her energy and her consciousness, that I could increase the vibration of their lower vibrational entity, uh, entity, energy cords. The linking is something most people don't know about. When you think, when you watch the news, which I don't do, you're linking into the news. You're linking into the lower vibration of the news. When you are engaging in negativity, you're linking your energy to that. When you're complaining about someone, you're linking your energy into the into the lower vibrations. 
if, if you have a bad day at work, leave it at work, literally. Because when you go home, you, you're and you start talking you're about it, you're, link, yeah. you're linking back into it. And and if you're linking into anything that's of low vibration, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. So I'm careful where I put my energy. <laughs> I try and live in a fluffy bubble. It's interesting. <laughs> it's nice that you said about love because I think that's what kept my me and my two siblings out of trouble growing up because mm -hmm. we knew how much our mother loved us. Right. And that that was enough to 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 to, to behave. You know, yeah, and, and to balance the energy too of of those that aren't showing as much love. Mm -hmm. Because you know, there's a lot of people now who are are living, you know, who are divorcing Inter the, we're in such an advanced cycle right now, accelerated age that we're in right now. Relationships, if you're, you can't stay in a relationship like you could 50 years ago for 50 years. If you're, if you're, if it's not serving your growth, the higher self's going to get you out of it and pull mm -hmm. you into a direction, right, that does serve your growth. So there are a lot of relationships that are ending and people are afraid, and for right reasons, of not wanting their kids to be in a broken, quote unquote, broken family. Which I always remind them, remember the kids chose their parents, right? As soul contracts, knowing mm -hmm. this could happen. So, um, but the fact is that they don't want that to happen. And, and because, you know, most of the time there's going to be one parent that's, it's going to be out of balance because they're going to try and hate each other to have an excuse to end the relationship instead of saying, hey, the energy's up, you know. But my point is they're always worried about the kids or the kids okay at their dads or the kids okay at their moms. And, all you have to do in any situation like that, whether it's with kids or just another family member or somebody you're worried about, anything you're worried about, send love to the situation or to the person. That is the way to fix it. It's, it's the only way to transmute that. And anything we do with good intent is not wrong. I, I only work from permission. I say that all the time. You won't find me walking through a grocery store giving a reading. Every now and then it happens at a restaurant, but I'll get full confirmation that I'm allowed to do that. And if I do, it is a life-changing message, not a little, hey, grandma's here. It's a life-changing mm -hmm. message and um, or a life-saving message. And so working from intent, I mean, uh, working with permission, I don't apply that to sending love to a situation or to a person. You know, in other words, I don't feel like I need to ask somebody, is it okay if I send you love? I think it's kind of a given that it's okay to do that. But loving harder and harder times is, is I say that probably 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. It's that, that important to me. Yeah. So yeah. I saw the effect of that on my mom. So again, I lived it, right? right. <laughs> you guys ready to take a break? We got to you know, take a break to pay the bills. So. Yep. I'm going to go run to the restroom if y'all go with that. Okay. Be right back. All right. Chip, you ready to take a break, bud? Uh, I am, brother. <laughs> Let's take a break. You know? All right. You are listening to WCET.FM, late night in the millions.com. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to WCET.FM, talk radio like no other. God, I love the station. What is the supernatural realm exactly? Why do people have paranormal or mystical experiences? There's some science behind it they're not looking at. Why do some people have negative encounters and others don't? What are the best methods to use? And is there some new truth to them? 
We'll ask these questions on the hit radio show, Supernatural Realm with Tim Roxbury, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with your co-host Chip Reichenthal. Supernatural Realm, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 to 9 Eastern, leading into Michael Vera's Late Night in the Midlands at 9, right here on WCETFM, because that's where the action is. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Kindness Beyond the Veil, even in the darkest realms and mysteries, good things happen. Kind, even loving things. In the paranormal, psychic world, extraterrestrials, mystical healing, light workers, starseeds, things that have astounded us since the beginning of time, do have a Monday side to them. And we'll show you on Kindness Beyond the Veil every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with your host, Chip Reichenthal. Leading into Michael Vera's Late Night in the Midlands show at 9 Eastern, making Mondays worthy of looking forward to right here on WCETFM because that's where the action is. Welcome back to the Supernatural Realm on WCET.FM, Columbia Talk 101.7 FM in Columbia, South Carolina. Welcome back to the show, and I'm um, your host, Tim Roxbury. The call-in number is 724-602-2826. Again, the number is 724-602-2826. We can take a couple calls uh, from the guest for, for Stacy. Because we got about uh, about a half hour left of the show. If you have any questions or comments for Stacy, you can call in. Chip, you there, buddy? I sure am, brother. And I think we've transcended the supernatural realm today. We're we're in the Stacy Hilton realm today, which is pretty awesome, you know. Uh, and and we we did we boy we love you. You're an awesome guest. We thank you for joining us here. Um, thank you. And, uh, Really, really like the things that you've taken away from this entire process of, you know, uh, learning through and from and uh, uh, the challenges within uh, being tuned into spirit. Really, really something. And overcoming those challenges was was phenomenal as well. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, beautiful advice, marvelous advice. Thank you. Know. And it's it, a challenge. But, you know, there is... Not one single part of it that I regret. Not <laughs> one. It's not, it's been, it's, you know, I remember an astrologer do, reading my chart years ago and she said, she looked at it and she said, you know, you're not just an old soul. You're like the crypt keeper of old souls. <laughs> and said, I said, you know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know, I feel it. And, and I mean that in a sincere way, which means that everything that 
you know, I've gone through in this life has been the, what's contributed to the phenomenal growth. Because I say that a lot. We learn through love, loss, sorrow, pain, and despair. That's where our growth comes in. So why would I not want to have those experiences? I don't want them to last, believe me. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, do. It's unfortunate that four out of five of those things aren't aren't that great, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which it could be like fifty fifty, you know. Exactly. That's but the, the the rate of growth we have. It's it's this exponential growth that we have on Earth. We grow in heaven, but it's not you know the other side. Yeah. No, no, not, there, not yeah. Like not like this. this. Yeah. It's these. It's you know these emotions we feel here. They're horrible you want to like i don't want to label it right but they're horrible and they're raw and then they're beautiful and they're loving and it's like a roller coaster mm -hmm. but yeah i don't regret any of it and and i really am grateful for being able to you know have the quote-unquote dark times because that alone has provided the most most growth for me but it's also allowed me to be able to help other people who are going through it and to understand it and to not label it, you know, demons or this or that, just to know that there's an answer to it and that you don't have to stay subjected to that by raising your vibration. But the one thing I think that is huge, too, is people don't realize what linking your energy is. They don't understand. You know, when you, if you've ever had this happen where you think about someone and all of a sudden they call or they text, mm -hmm. whoa, how did that just happen? It wasn't a coincidence and it wasn't random. You linked your energy and your, your consciousness into theirs. Then they just called or text, right? They received it without even knowing that. Yeah, I, I have to do that a very limited amount, you know, because, right? you know, people will call me at two in the morning and say, Chip, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm linking in. Just like kind of here on this radio show. People right. say, Chip, shut up. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so always, you know, when it comes to... There's there's a lot of stuff that I know, uh, details about things that are going on on this planet. You're killing me. You're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes, and and I have a pretty deep understanding of all of that. And and it's not good. But why would I link my energy into that all the time? Because I I've done that in the past. Yeah, I walked the path, right? I did it in the past, and. I've, I've, I've experienced the wrath of some of the upper levels that, you know, who run our country and shadow government stuff and all. It's not a fun experience. And I found what happened, the way for me to um, not have to feel those feelings or not feel like I'm being controlled in some way, you know, I think that's the case with all of us. It's, I'll sum that up to not make it sound complicated. And that's only linked to what's positive link your energy to what's positive because the more I would engage in even conversations once if I have a conversation about some of the dark stuff then when I'm done with the conversation I cut those cords and I don't engage in it again I let it go it's too, yeah. it's, it's too no, I, I live in my state's capital believe me I understand where you're going on that. yeah but but to uh, to to uh, to kind of underscore some of what you're saying and have been saying that we haven't really talked about yet is um you know we're, we're hoping because we see that people just are more feeling than they may have been say 40 years ago you know it's just like i think the planet has moved into this higher yeah. energy cycle you know it, the solar system is moving into a higher energy part of the galaxy so there's we're getting bombarded with a lot we're of feeling, energy so we're feeling more are feeling and That's and so we 
we hope that people will, uh, because we're talking about uh, love, you know, it's the highest vibration, but unconditional love, you know, as some of the ways to combat some of that, uh, the tough love that you were talking about and some other things, but to be unconditionally loving of oneself, you know, because how best can you be unconditionally loving to others unless you're unconditionally loving yourself? Loving and being more forgiving of our own mistakes and faults and inadequacies and, you know, um, uh, because we're always so tough on ourselves and we got all the woulda, coulda, shouldas and, right. you know, that sort of thing. And, and it, it's something that we hope to see because we are in a kind of an advanced period, but yeah. ultimately we hope we can climb out of that by becoming more loving as a species altogether, you know. That's um, exactly and we're, we're, we're switching paradigms. We were in this old paradigm and we're moving into the new. We're bridging over into the new. And it is definitely a, you know, the, the ages that change. So every 21, 150 years, right, we change. We were in age of Aries and Pisces and now we're in Aquarius. And that just basically means we're getting out of the slow learning that we were in, the, the dense energy that we were in. We're now kind of eventually we'll move away from fear-based teachings and, you know, this, the, these new kids, I don't want to say new kids, the, the newer generations that Millennium. are really old souls. Yeah. That are coming in there. I call them our insurance. <laughs> I said, we can screw up all we want. We have these new kids coming in. They're not going to tolerate the screw ups. They're going to be the ones that make change. And so, you know, I think that we are moving in a good direction when people say this is, Revelations, it's the end of the world. Well, actually, the tr the Bible wasn't meant to be taken literally anyway. But what what it is, is it's the end of the age, right? The, the end of the age, yeah. Not, not the end of the world, but the end of the age. So, so that's what, officially, the Bible's now outdated. Yeah. We're not Unintended, right? Officially, because Pisces, the... No, no, is no, no, no. And we're going into the... Age of Aquarius, which that is was the, written for the age of Pisces, and I mean that legitimately. It's mm -hmm. it, that is that you reach the end of the book. We're in the end of the book, but that yeah. isn't the end of the world. It's it's we're now in a new age. It's accelerated. It is a beautiful, beautiful um, experience if you choose to have it. That whole return of Christ. The real meaning of that is the return of Christ's consciousness, mm -hmm. meaning upper dimensional energy. We have solar flares, geomagnetic storms that are affecting the Earth's energy field as well as our own. And then the Schumann resonance, which has been spiking lately, which is affecting the heart chakra. So, you know, a lot of people have experienced extreme anxiety or emotions that um, seem extreme. And you know what I do? Because I'm, I'm super sensitive to solar weather. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, me too. I think Demi, too. Yeah, yeah, like like geomagnetic storms. Oh, yeah. I can tell that's going on. I'll yeah. look that up to see what the gauge is, and I'm like, I need to just isolate. Yeah. Away from even world. even radon levels set me up yeah. too, you know. And so yeah. you know the the you just have to keep your body and and mind intact because this isn't going away right now. It's we're we're going to come through some disclosure. It's already happening to some degree, and it has to happen slowly. And what's really going on in government and you know, big pharma and all of that, and it will unfold, but I don't link my energy into all of that. I just keep folk. I, I feel like my, my job here, or, or I always look at it like, how can I contribute in the best way possible? And that's to 
stay in a loving space, do the work I do from a loving space, and contribute to the the collective the way, you know, from a loving space, and not give too much energy into those geomagnetic storms. When I feel it, oh, it's powerful. I try, oh, yeah. try to keep things generic mm-hmm. and, um, and remember to raise my vibration. Mm-hmm. The really beautiful thing about it is <clears throat> we have the ability now to because of all of this energy and we're downloading it in our bodies. It's like an upgrade of DNA that we actually have the ability to, to raise our consciousness and vibration into a high enough space where we could be living in the fifth dimension on earth. Oh, that's, that's me. Yeah. So even with the three D life sucks, the five D life is awesome. You know? Yeah. And what's crazy is when we're now moving through it, we're moving back and forth. You could be one foot in three D and the other. <laughs> right. So, but it, but if you're raising your vibration, you know, uh, and uh, these these higher energies will radiate that higher vibration even right. more so. I'm then, I'm trying to distribute it by taking the yeah. power my the power of my prayer for others, sure, a, right. and making it matter. That's what I'm utilizing to develop all this energy so I can right. send it out. You know, and you know, there's a there's something that's happened too with this age. That I call this the Earth Treaty. I don't know why I call it that, but that if if the masses, so before 2012, you know, that was a, the official shift, December 21st of 2012, moving into the age of Aquarius. Before that happened, we were under different sort of cosmic laws, I guess you call Influences. it, cosmic agreements. And so, if if the masses, majority of people. We're choosing to look at things or choosing to wake up, right? Or, or waking up, I should say. If the majority of people, if that would have happened to the majority of people, um, then that would have been great. But in the event that that didn't happen, and it didn't, mainly because we're being dumbed down and we do have, you know, all the chemicals and stuff that are affecting all of us. So in the event that that didn't happen, there was this agreement with cosmic allies, including divine allies, that if that didn't happen by the time we moved into the age of Aquarius, that they could finally intervene. And they are. So where we haven't been as, I don't want to say protected, that's not the right word, because we're always protected, but we're, we're, we basically need help right now is what I'm trying to say, just to kind of pull us along. Every universe works hand in hand together and other, other, realms, other dimensions, those beings can't advance unless we're with them. We need to be moving along, even though we're, even though we're kind of at the, we're behind. <laughs> so, but at the same time, we're, we're not, we are, but we're not. And so our insurance, these little kids coming in, these younger people are, are ultimately going to be the ones that bring everybody in the tail end into the new paradigm. It's going to be amazing. I don't consider anything that's going on right now, terrible. And isn't that strange? Because all the stuff with the government, big pharma, and and um, there's just so much going on. And, it, and the weather patterns and geoengineering and all of those things. Why am I not looking at it as being terrible? Well, because we need all of we need all of these this to be disclosed. So I'm looking at it as, hey, there's disclosure happening. How awesome is that? And so those that one percent that's kind of running everything, they're definitely losing power, and they're trying to keep it right now. But um, we're we're heading in a good place. That's what I'm trying to say. Nobody has yeah. anything to fear. The world's not coming to an end. There's nothing to fear. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
when we, you know, sometimes we talk about, you know, astrology or numerology or, or some uh, uh, philosophies, if you will. And it often leads back to this one period in time, right around the mid 300s BC. You know, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, uh, Democritus. Uh, and that was all right around the time of the last age. Uh, and, and there were a, a lot of very enlightened people that were really even more masterful than a lot of uh, people in this day and age, you know. But we've also got some uh, people that we can look to, you know, or, or we can be those people. Right. Um, because that it's that kind of opportunity, you know, encourage people to, to make their mark, you know, make a difference in right. the world, you know, leave a good legacy behind, be the best selves that they can be. Yeah, because they're contributing to everybody, everybody's growth. And, you know, when someone, my brother-in-law always, always talks about Jesus is going to return I said, you know, I was a paramedic for almost 20 years, and you know how many times I picked up Jesus on government street? Because <laughs> he's in a psych ward. He claimed to be Jesus. Right. So actual physical being is not going to return. That would make no sense. Mm -hmm. And so what that actually means is the whole consciousness, right? The physical right. energy. <laughs> you know? Reminds me of that. You know, the, this guy once, uh, when my wife and I, back in the, when we were first dating a long time ago, this guy has this sign, you know, with the, the world's coming to an end, you know, and, she, right. and uh, he runs up to my wife and he says, hey, can I bum a quarter? And my <laughs> wife says, what do you need a quarter for? Don't you know the world's going to end? <laughs> yeah, just uh, some, right. sometimes. You know, that, yeah. and, and it's just, it's all, it's just, I don't think it's going to take as long as people think it is for, for us to really move into that higher level energy. I just don't feel that way. I, you know, we have a good 27 to 30 years to really head in that direction, but I don't feel like it's going to take that long. And it's because of these old ancient souls that are, that are coming onto the planet. You know, if you, I, I love spending time around this. And I'm talking about the ones that are like 22, 23, you know, younger. 20 and younger, their, their perception about the world is, I'm so aligned with it and they're like-minded and it, I, it's very rare that I've met one that isn't like-minded every now and then, but that's when they're living in a very structured belief home, <laughs> you know, a home that has very structured beliefs. Yeah. But when they're just free to kind of tap into their own wisdom, they're, they're amazing. So the more, you know, time that goes by and I spend more time around them, I'm just in awe of of how beautiful their souls are and they're they're going to be the ones that kind of save the planet yeah we, we've had guests here that equate people and, and, and children especially in the autism spectrum right. uh to to that advancement uh, of soul yeah. because they're they're so advanced that their uh senses are overloaded <laughs> and you know they always kind of stay in their own head because talking about the weather isn't kind of where they are that's you know? right they're yeah. that's Exactly right. And they're, they're, they're not into small talk anyway, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Energetically, you know, there's a lot of these younger people. Well, there's a lot of people in general that are hypersensitive and, you know, sensory overload. I feel that way often. And, and I've never had a label on me of what, if there's something wrong, but I know. Well, I, empath, I guess would be, yeah, the empath. I mean, you know, Timmy and I talk about that all the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, 
sounds and in loud sounds unless it's music i can i can tolerate some loud music <laughs> loud sounds. depends on what it is yeah it depends on the music <laughs> yeah. i guess it's a, isn't it's a personal taste thing you know yeah but that doesn't that doesn't bother me as much as like abrupt you know loud noises or just being around people who are just really negative it's so weird for me because i just don't even feel the need to be around them and it's and i'm not judging them it's like you you stay in 3d i don't want to yeah. be there and and it's um it's quite a cool experience right to, to be on earth right now that's what my guides have told me there are billions trillions of souls that wanted to be on this planet at this time during the great shift the big shift we're going through it has not happened before and how lucky are we we get to be here and even though it's raw and intense and hard sometimes, you know, every time I feel something tough, I try and look at it from the higher perspective. And that's what helps to put things back into perspective. Looking at yes. it from the soul's perspective, which that's is definitely one way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm looking at it from the human lens, well, of course, my human lens, just like everybody else's, is distorted because it's tied into a belief system that's outdated, right? Mm. Every time. I, I do that and I start feeling like, oh, I don't like the way this feels. I'll stop it and move it to the higher perspective. It's like viewing it from the soul's perspective. This is happening. Why? What's the real reason? What am I going to learn? Show me, teach me. <laughs> yeah. Keep it simple. And and it works. But yeah, I, I, I can't stand to be around a negative person for more than five minutes. I got to I gotta get out of that environment yeah. real quick. It's toxic. And, mm, very. and you know, Learning from like all the energy aspect of it, if anything, the, the one thing that got me on the path of just being in a loving space all the time was because it takes too much energy to ha to not be in that space. Yeah, it takes you know, more energy to be around a negative person or, or to be negative than it does to be a positive person. Yeah, and you and by being positive, you can actually affect that person's energy field mm -hmm. in a positive way. So one one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to leave or they're going to stop what they're doing because you, you can affect it, especially with intent, powerfully by sending positive energy to that person. And so that's why I just try and make it a practice because, you know, it takes too much energy. I had, I had some things happen in 2017 where I had a kidney stone. I have a rare form of E. coli that causes kidney stones. And I was almost died in septic shock and ICU. And um, after that, my body never was quite like it was before that experience. Mm -hmm. And that is when I learned just how important it is uh, where, you know, as far as where I place my energy and emotions. So, yeah, you know, it becomes, there's no point in being hateful, uh, you know, after something like that. You, well, know, yeah. you just don't have the energy for it. And even but if you do, it's like, what's the point, you know? But I also developed chronic fatigue. Mm. And so through the fatigue, that's, that is ultimately where I learned that, you know, I have to be careful where I place my energy. If I were to engage in an argument with someone, I, it would drain me so bad I'm done for the day. Mm. So yeah. that, what a great lesson. Instead mm. of looking at it like, oh, it's chronic fatigue. I look at it like, oh, look what this offered me. Yeah. It, it taught me the lesson of where to place my energy and to keep it in a high vibration because it feels better. It feels good. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy to hate. It sure yeah. does. And, you know, so. yeah. chronic fatigue is like, yeah, I've been there. I think Timmy uh, has to time to time. 
or you know you get banged up in an accident where you have residual uh, discomfort for for a long long time and things become shorter in order you know yeah. or if you're ever at a point like you where you had to confront your mortality you know it, it really changes your perspective every day has the opportunity to be special yeah. don't know how many more we have especially if we've been in that place where we were forced to confront how how many more we might have and make the I, most of it i can always feel when there's a storm coming because my plantar fasciitis acts up my ankles act up. My knee starts hurting. You know, you can always feel. Yeah. And that it's it's yeah. I I get it. And, and feeling that's that. I think a large part of that's being empathic too. Mm -hmm. You're feeling mm -hmm. all of all of the. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that, that's not a big help. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you later how to remove some cords that'll help get rid of that. Yeah, okay, cool. but I mean, but it also taught taught uh, me, and I think Timmy too. That sometimes physical pain is simply that. Mm -hmm. It's just yes. a physical process that manifests from a physical basis. It doesn't have to be tied into emotional and spiritual and etheric things right. necessarily. Uh, but all of those can contribute one way or another, either to detract from them or add to them. Uh, but, you know, it, it changes your perspective on all of those. You know, It does. And, you know, I found something that, yeah, that's true, because especially if there's a traumatic injury of some sort, you, there is physical pain. And mm -hmm. there, of course, is such a thing as emotional pain that comes from the aura, or the layer of the aura, the emotional layer of the aura. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, what I found was very beneficial with me was instead of rejecting my pain, I loved it. Embrace mm -hmm. it. Oh, I'm grateful for mine. It's made me I who mean, I, I am now, you know. You know, yeah. at, at the time it was going on. I absorbed it into my body instead of rejecting it from my mm -hmm. body. It eased it. Yeah. A friend of mine told me that years ago, and I thought, well, that's weird because my back was hurting. She said, love, like, send some love to your back where it's hurting right now. Like, pull it in. It's part of you. You know, pull it in and, and just wrap it in love. And I thought, okay. And then I did. <laughs> and then I thought, okay. Yeah. And, and Timmy, I, I know what, you know, thinks the power of this very conversation is very uh very just except for today for him <laughs> like today i'm not having it man <laughs> no, that, that thing is going off today um and and yeah and again add to that uh, the solar energy like you said you know mm -hmm. um and this is the sun in its quiet phase that's exactly yeah. right. so the man right. me. it's amazing how it affects everything how it affects our energy field and but it's all for good. That's mm -hmm. that's why instead of, um, you know, when I feel the effects of solar flares or the geomagnetic storms, I it, it disrupts my feelings. It affects that, you know, we have a different layers of the aura and there's an emotional layer and it's it's affecting the entire aura. But it will it will put me on edge. And I don't like that feeling because I'm, I'm you know, pretty good at not feeling that or right. or feeling calm and then it feels like it's totally out of my control yeah. and i found that the one thing that helps the most is grounding mm -hmm. grounding, oh, grounding is great yeah planting you your feet firmly you're... on the ground except for timmy today because that'll hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I'm, there's something beautiful about it. and when you're uh, healing others you know using that that energy whether it's uh, reiki or chi or divine energy right. to heal others you know when you're doing that but you also have your feet planted firmly on the ground and it just adds to everything. It really it does. does. And it, and I think of it like this. So what if we're 
downloading all of this new high vibrational light energy. You know, we're getting rid of the old stuff that doesn't need to, you know, needs to surface. So you have to let those feelings come up, let them come up, let them go and then make room for more light energy. Like, and then I think of it like that. So if I'm having this effect and I'm feeling it emotionally, then what if I just go sit outside under the, on the, on the ground or next to a tree and ground that energy into my body. It's mm-hmm. funny yeah. you say that because my mom told me to hug a tree today. <laughs> I'm a tree hugger. She's like, go yeah. hug a tree. I'm like, I'm not going to. We were outside of, of Applebee's and she's like, go hug that tree over there. <laughs> I sit up next to, I will do that. Outside of my office, I have a big tree in the back. Um, in my house, I have pine trees that I just love. They're so rooted, deeply rooted. And I'll just sit next to it. And I found that kind of by accident but not years ago that i got up and i just sat there by accident right and then i started feeling better and mm-hmm. i thought how weird is that yeah, and then now I do it with intent it because you know my work is i'm up in the clouds all day long and mm-hmm. i have to i have to really keep myself grounded mm-hmm. and i'll go between readings and sit up next just put my back up next to it and kind of exchange energy with it and it's it's the fastest thing fastest way for me to ground sure. and it I'm definitely a tree hugger. Yeah. Well, the elements, you know, if you look at the element, if you look at, you know, if you really look at the element of earth or, you know, or plants or, or air, you know, or water, you know, there, yeah. there are uh, such wonderful things, especially if you, like you say, embrace shamanic principles, you know. Right. I mean, we talk about near-death experiences and something that you said earlier about, you know, there's really not a hell per se. But for people that have near-death experiences and and find themselves in a dark place, you know, instead of the ones that have near death and, and go into that tunnel of light, you know, and that they think they have a lot of life correction to do. But from a shamanic perspective, and I know a couple of shamans have had near-death experiences and, and reached a dark place, but they know that it, you have to go through the darkness in order to find the light, you know, right. I mean, it's part of this journey. That's part of a process. It's not, it doesn't have an evil connotation it attached. Does. Right. Yeah. And, and, to, and what happens too, when the soul leaves the body, so the soul always exits and enter enters and ex- exits through the top of the head. And then when the soul leaves the body, the etheric body, which is you know, the, the, basically the energy imprint of the physical body. That's why, you know, when someone, have you ever heard the phantom pain, somebody's arms, um, you know, they lose an arm and they still have pain, they call it phantom pain. Mm-hmm. That's actually legit pain because they're feeling the effects of the, like pain within the etheric body. So when the etheric body or the, sh- the soul's leaving and the chakras, um, it has to disconnect from the energy system, right? The chakra system. It's like a donut flipping inward on itself, which is what the darkness is. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people with uh, uh, paranormal excursions sometimes will ultimately communicate with the imprint of uh, a suicide or a murder or, or something. That's right. Um, we also should note that we were very uh, running close to out of time. So we do want to ask, ask you about uh, if people want to contact you. You know, for for readings, for advice, for anything. Uh, where can where can people find Stacy Hilton? Uh, I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I have a website. It's um, StacyHiltonMe.com. Um, it there there's 
I'm trying to think. I haven't. Uh, I'm moving some things around with my business website, so I'd stick with that one. StacyHiltonMedium.com. There is also they're redoing a couple of things on that page, but contact information is still there. My email address. This particular email goes to my assistant, but for scheduling, you know, she she gets all of those emails. But if it's something that somebody sends that's personal or has questions, she'll forward those to me. And that is Spirit Medium 2012 at yahoo.com. Uh-huh. Um, she monitors all those only because there's people that will email and want to tell me about their deceased loved ones. And I want a clean slate. I don't want to know anything when I start. So she filters all of that for me. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's the easiest way to reach me. Uh-huh. I want to mention before, before we run out of time, uh, Thursday, our guest is Daniel Alexa. Um, he's a certified life coach. Um, uh, He's here to help his clients overcome negative beliefs that are keeping them uh, feeling stuck in life. Uh, through coaching or hy- hypnotherapy, he supports them and makes positive changes uh, begin living an intentional, purposeful life and to become whole. So that's Thursday on Supernatural Realm with uh, hypnotherapist Daniel Alexa. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. We've, we've talked to him before. You'd like him. Uh, uh, I like him. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. The therapy is awesome. I've done a lot of past life regression work and, and, um, you know, is it necessary? No, it's not necessary. You know, about your past lives, but it helps with, to understand your patterns. <laughs> it's, it's very therapeutic. I mean, even I if for people that don't fair. believe in past lives, I'm, I do, I do those. So, yes. you know, so of course I'm going to champion the, idea of getting one and i look at it too that it's okay if they if people don't believe in it i don't push my beliefs on anyone but i know that my big thing is you know what be a seeker use your internal lie detector and you will every single one of us has the ability to really figure things out we don't need books we you know we share our knowledge with others but we have the ability to figure out what's really What's real and what's not. Stacy, if you want to stay on for a few minutes afterwards, maybe we we can talk to you a little bit more, maybe get you rescheduled if you want to come back on at some point. Sure. Chip, you got anything to say? Oh, yeah. Shameless uh, self-promotion. I have a radio show right here on this very network uh, every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern called Kindness Beyond the Veil. We take a kinder look at the uh, paranormal, psychic, metaphysical, extraterrestrial, spiritual realms. Um, Guest uh, running through this week is uh, Chris Flesher, astrologer extraordinaire. And uh, this coming Monday... Ryan Mabby from uh, Rock the Divine and Rock the Div- on YouTube and RockTheDivine.com. Uh, we're going to talk about our path to ascension. Uh, she's a really, really, really a special woman. Awesome. Uh, speaking of special women, uh, Stacey Hill, and awesome. Uh, thank you for rocking us tonight here on Supernatural Realm, Timmy. Yeah. Up next, uh, Michael Vera, the great Michael Vera for Late Night in Midlands. So don't touch that dial. Good night, everybody. God bless. And again, uh, Thursday, Daniel Alexa. Uh, for more information about Daniel, go to his website at danielalexa.com. And uh, if you want to hear more about him, be sure to tune in Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On for the supernatural realm, when we have him on our show as our special guest and returning guest at that, so it's gonna be a great time. Good night, buddy. God bless and have a great week. Yeah, and, we love uh, you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen uh, on Thursday.
Genau. Ja. Listening to WCT.FM Talk Radio like no other.